Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Joel Saves Big. If you do want to be a guest on my show, feel free to DM me at Joel Saves Big on Instagram. Hope you enjoy. Thank you all for joining today's episode of Joel Saves Big. Today I have PhD on fire. PhD on fire, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Hi, everyone. So I'm PhD on fire. I just recently moved to California, San Diego. I'm a scientist, uh, and I'm looking forward for this podcast. Awesome. I remember following your journey all the way back when I needed a phone plan on Visible, um, and I'm still on that plan. How do you find such great, I guess you could say, like like price hacks or like great value, biggest bang for your buck? Yeah, so I think it all started for me with just credit card hacking and so finding some good points, some bonuses, and bonuses miles and all all that good stuff um i think nowadays it's usually you know if i'm going to buy something i do the google search before i buy the item or just or just or the service to make sure i'm getting a good deal and generally the one rule i've always learned sort of since i got to the us six seven years ago that you never pay full price for anything because if you do you're getting ripped off there's mm-hmm. always a coupon or a deal or some sort of a discount that you can either either find or negotiate or just get a hold of um and uh yeah so um i'll do over the last few years, I just sort of look around what's out there, if there's anything like I can save some money on. Or I would say over the last maybe six months or so, now that the following on Instagram is sort of uh, I was ramping up a little bit, there's also quite a big community aspect of things that people just send me stuff saying, oh, I got this deal, tell other people as well. Uh, and I'd love to reach out these. Actually, I was just uh, recently, there was one of the, uh, on the Postmates codes that actually someone sent me uh, an Instagram DM. Um, that I've been able to share with, with everyone else as well. So I think there's a part of the community aspect as well of like we help each other out. And if one person finds something, they'll let everyone else know and vice versa, um, which definitely sort of enhances that experience for everyone. For sure. Um, on your In your bio, it says financial minimalism. And, and as I've following, been following your journey, even when your income increases, your expenses have actually decreased more recently uh, with your rent. How do you avoid like that lifestyle creep um, it's, so I think I was sort of raised in a very sort of fairly frugal household. We never had, you know, any like super nice things. I mean, we were not struggling. We, we, we did have shelter, food, water, all that stuff. We had all the basics, but we never had any sort of luxury items or any sort of fancy stuff. And, you know, I'm just very happy with what I have. Like I have a very, you know, modest hybrid Honda. I know I could buy the Lamborghini or whatever, the Mercedes next time, but, you know, they both get me from A to B just fine. And I would rather have more ownership of my time in 10 years when I want to retire or so um, than having, you know, a fancy toy that will go to zero in value soon. So I just try to sort of, you know, make good choices. Now, that doesn't mean that if I want something like, you know, the new AirPods uh, I currently have, I found a deal that cost me like 160 bucks uh, out of pocket with 100 of that gift cards. Um, so, you know, if there is something I really, really want, and I actually wanted it for a longer period of time or it will improve my quality of life or you know it just makes sense to buy it um i'm just going to go hang uh, and get it but i think especially for the sort of recurring monthly expenses if you can keep those down with especially with the housing and, and transportation and food those are the just the three big ones they'll give you more leeway into you know to buying a little bit more fancy things once in a while if you want something uh down the line so uh, yeah uh, i think i was quite lucky to find a good uh housing situation um i'm 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 very happy about that and uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it go- I, I, i'm going to try to keep it going as long as i can now i definitely live in a different way than most of my friends uh 
but that's something that you know if, if you live like no one else now you will live like no one else later um, and i think that's that's very very true i see um and then what's what's interesting is you you're always you're, you're so satisfied but you're not satisfied which is so I like I, I look up to that, you know, like you 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 have what you need, but then you come across something and it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm going to penny pinch and not get it. You're just going to find the best way, like you mentioned earlier, um, just price hack it. Like if you're getting it at market value, you're getting you're getting sold out. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I think even because the AirPods, right. I mean, I think that I knew that like 249 plus tax, like mm -hmm. 260, I think that's I mean, to pay 200 bucks for a pair of headphones. I think it's like that's just not. A good number like i'm not okay with that mm -hmm. and when they went on sale for 179 on amazon i was like well now we're getting to the right range of what could be doable um then i think that was on a coupon or something and then i had like 120 dollars of gift cards they got to bank of america for my other card so like my out-of-pocket cost was like 50 bucks and wow. i was like you know these headphones i could resell for more than 50 bucks so even if i buy it at cost right now you know, it's a good investment in quotes because there is no way I can lose out on this. I can always get rid of them and make money back if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm, I'm going to try them. I try them in the store and they were like really cool. Um, they've been a game changer. I use them for all my, all, my, all my meetings, all my phone calls. People can hear me more clearly. I can hear them more clearly. So it, it, it improves my quality of life. It makes other people's quality of life better that I, I, I call on the phone as well. Um, so I'm very happy with the product. So I'm, I would, I would want to keep it. It also comes with like three months of, uh, Apple Music Pro or something of like that sort for free, like six months. Uh, they're like six bucks in value technically that I didn't have to buy, that I wouldn't buy otherwise. So um, it made sense. Obviously, these came out like two years ago, I think. So I sort of waited for two years not having what I wanted. Uh, but it just didn't, I mean, at least to me, it didn't make sense to buy something that cost 250 bucks for a pair of headphones. Like that's just too much for me, even though I'd make the income that I could buy it, you know, on the spot. Um, but there's just something that, you know, I, I do value of the quality, but I also want to make sure that you know, you're not just paying for a brand or just because someone has a lot of marketing or something like that, or the product actually has good value and it's actually going to be useful. Um, and it's a good product. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, looking at your unexpected expenses, most recently your, your car window was smashed. How much do you keep in an emergency fund or, or, do, or do you just have that money available when you need it? That's a very good question. So actually... I would say before I sort of learned about personal finance and I was before I had anything vested at all, I kept all my sort of cash or reserves in just in cash and checking account um, with like a 0.0% interest essentially for a couple of years. And it was like 50 grand in the bank. I didn't know better. Um, I'm not proud of that. But over the course of the last two, two and a half years, I've started investing. Uh, I converted most of that into, you know, other investments of uh, various kinds. Um, as, of, uh, as of right now, because I just did my selling bonus, I had a little bit more in my cash account that I'm sort of dollar cost averaging into, the, uh, into index funds and stocks over the next couple of weeks or, uh, or months. Generally, between three to six months of, of expenses for the most people should be okay. Me being a foreigner and being on a 60-day, uh, I would say, countdown, if I were to lose my job or have to change my job, I have six days to find a new one or leave the country. So it doesn't technically make sense for me to have more than 60 days worth of expenses in an account plus a ticket home because there is no way I can stay here past that point anyway. And when I get home, I can, you know, obviously leave with my parents and we can figure things out back home. Uh, so that's the one thing that uh, makes my life a little bit easier in that regard. 
And since I keep my monthly expenses very, very low, I think right now we are aiming about $1,500 a month in San Diego, California, with like all in and with room to spare. Um, that's something that, you know, puts my mind at ease that, you know, as long as I have three grand in my account, I'm good for the next two months. That's definitely a good thing to know. So I have, I think about 5K in, uh, I think it's Discover uh, online high yield savings account. It's like 0.4, 0.5% interest. Um, and the rest is going to get, I was invested over time. Maybe I'll up up to 10K because now that, that I switch jobs, I you know need some buffer just in case. But uh, yeah, I, I try to minimize the amount of cash I have on hand because I don't plan on any big purchases going forward. I already have you know all the perks and things I need. So if I'm not expecting a big purchase, there's no point of me hoarding cash at this point. I see. And that's what's so different from, I, I say a majority of people that I've, I've spoken to is that, and that's what makes personal finance so so personal, right? Is that every, mm-hmm. everywhere I see three to six months, I'm going to have 12 months. I need two months. Um, and, and then for you, like you understand where you stand. And I think that's so great value added. Like, I mean, I personally, I work at Amazon. I, I know I'm not going to lose my job. So I don't, I find it hard to, to keep six months because I know I'll get paid every month regardless. I'm not, yeah. Amazon's not going anywhere. Um, and that's money that's just sitting there. Um, so how did you learn, I guess, like, where was that starting point of where you like started learning about like personal finance? Like, was it an account? Was it just Reddit or? Yeah. I think there's one thing I, 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 I'd like to put out on the emergency fund as well. Like it also depends how employable are you and how quickly, you know, you can get another job if you needed one. So, you know, in chemistry, I, I would say right now, the biotech pharma market has been booming quite a lot. That's why I got my current job. So I know if anything would happen, if anything would happen, like, with my current company, I know I can find another job within two weeks because there is every job in San Diego in biotech is within a 10 mile radius of my house. Uh-huh. So that's something also that, you know, if I was, let's say in rural Iowa, there is one employer and one employer only, there's nothing around in hundred miles radius. And I would have to move to, to a different state or country or, you know, a thousand miles of my car mm-hmm. somewhere else to get a new job. I would probably need to keep a little bit of a bigger buffer just in case. And also when it comes to medical expenses as well, you wanna make sure that you have at least your deductible and your out-of-pocket max for a year in an account somewhere, just in case you get sick and you need the bills to pay back. But you know, there's just a lot of things that could go wrong, and you want to make sure you have enough on hand just in case the worst comes to worst. Mm-hmm. Because if you're already in trouble with your health or, or with losing your job or with something else, your or your car gets stolen, you know, you want to make sure that you're not completely, you know, out of luck, um, and there's nothing you can do. So, I think it's good to have a healthy amount, even for like unforeseen circumstances. It might make sense to have a little bit extra, you know, if, if, it's, if it's hard to find a job in your area or in your industry, there's a lot of competition. Um, but as someone who has had a lot of offers in, in, in the last few months, mm-hmm. I'm very confident that if anything would happen to my current job, I can find a new one very quickly. And then to answer your question, how I started. So um, I like to sort of um, get the best value out of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started my first job in Chicago as a scientist, um, I got introduced to the concept of putting a 401k because it was the first time I was eligible for one. Um, and there was, and Told me, like, you know, if you invest 2% of your, of your salary, we'll give you another 5% into the same account. And I was like, well, that's free money. Like, why would I not do that? Yeah. But what is this for 1K? Like, you know, I, I don't make sure I'm getting all the different perks now as a company you guys offer. Because it's grassy and you don't get any of this, obviously. You obviously barely make any money to like survive. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I, I don't know more. So when the enrollment comes, I know what decisions to make. So they're reading about, you know, what is it for 1K? How does this work? What is HSA? And all these different things that I 
finally had access to. And I, you know, obviously when they just tell you that there is five, 35% of the salary, which at the time was like, uh, like two or three grand. Uh, I was like, well, I want to make sure I get it because two or three grand is like one month salary as a PhD. So uh, I was like, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm maxing all this out. And just reading all these things and the books and the blogs and the YouTube videos and the Instagram, just all of it. Just I, I think I got immersed in the first two or three months when is that sort of phase when like once you see it, you can't unsee it and you're just like, I want to know everything about it there is. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think now two and a half years later. So I started this in June 2019. Now it's October 2021. So about two and a half years later, um, 320,000 in investments. Uh, so, sorry, from absolutely zero. I had nothing invested. That is, that's amazing. Um, and what, what is your goal in terms of like financial minimalism and, and keeping it like, do you have a goal, like number, a fire number in mind or just continue as you are um, until life yeah, changes? So, yeah. So I think for me, you know, I, I want to get to the million dollar club. I think that's kind of, there's a milestone that, yep. you know, it, it's fairly sort of, uh, aspirational having the seven figures behind your name and all that stuff um which also makes sense in a, in a way that you can then take out 40 grand tax-free in the u.s for the rest of your life um if you go much over that you know you have to pay tax on the difference and all that stuff so um and i and i know i can live on 40 grand you know that's boiling money to me like i live on 25 grand a year or less than that for the last six seven years and very happily I, I still travel i do fun things like i'm i, I have a very good life on 25 grand a year probably even less than that now. Um, so I think having 40 grand available to me, you know, tax-free and just like to spend because there's always more that's going to be generating me, uh, in the background. I think that seems like a good plan. Now, obviously, if I don't plan on, you know, reaching the 1 million point zero zero and then like resigning at work the same day and like never making a single penny in my life ever again. Yeah. I think it's mostly that after I get to the sort of, you know, the either the higher six figures or in the in, in the middle of the range at that point you know that i can slow down a little bit there is no point of racing to something else um there's always nice to have more as a, as a buffer i can make a bigger impact the more money you have in general if you i would use it wisely but at least from a point of view that you know if something were to happen i can take care of my parents i can take care of, i can take care of myself uh, I'm, I'm gonna be good i'm gonna be safe so everything else is extra and i think that changes your mindset quite a lot in terms of the things mm. you have to do versus the things you want to do uh, you know, as, as of right now, I'm, you know, it's a big stable company that's not going anywhere. There's very little risk to my job and it pays really well. But in five or 10 years, when I'll be at that stage where I can take a little more risks, you know, I could join a startup and, and, and sort of go for a passion project or make a little bit less money, you know, at a company that I really believe in or something like that. So I think it sort of opens your options because right now the big focus is, you know, making money and make sure that I can get to that number fairly quickly or at least in a reasonable time frame because once you hit those goals and those numbers that that opens up your possibilities and i think i want to get to that stage you know in the early 30s if i can uh, i'm definitely i would say about a third of the way there in the last two years but i also got really lucky because the market boom in the last two years or so yeah. so it's not quite you know it's not going to continue like this i believe for the rest of my life like what we see in the last let's say five years was quite crazy. Um, I was glad I was able to ride at least part of the end of that wave. We will see how long it will continue, but I'm not relying on things continuing the same rate as they did over the last year or two, uh, because that was quite uh, quite special. But I think for me, it's, it's that having options and having the freedom to you know do things I want to do and be able to, you know if I'm going to go home to my parents for a month or two months or half a year or a year, because they're getting older as well, that'll be a nice option to have. 
because right now I have like 15 days of vacation and you know that's pretty much it and if you have to travel to Europe and back that's essentially one week on a plane yeah uh, with all the collection and everything so it's just not really feasible for me to go back home as frequently as I would like to and so it's also quite expensive as well which uh, you know both of those sort of quote-unquote issues could be solved with just having enough money in the bank and enough uh, I would say time money in the time bank as well yeah um, how did you have like did, was this based on your upbringing um, in terms of being satisfied with what you have um, because for me it is right it's just my parents always we always lived on unless I always thought that I was super broke growing up not broke where I didn't have food on the table but like I didn't need the 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 light up sneakers when I was growing up in elementary school and everyone did like you have sneakers and, and there's straps on it it wasn't torn apart um would you say this can't like your lifestyle is is a byproduct of how you're you were raised i would say to some extent yes i, I think i was in a pretty similar situation when like you know we had everything that we needed to live our lives but we didn't have any of luxuries we didn't have a fancy mm -hmm. car we didn't have a nice house we I mean, it was, we had a house that was there before i had it worked there was nothing wrong with it we had a three-bedroom one-bathroom house so it wasn't until i got to the u.s and found out people have more than one bathroom in the house. And I was like, why would you need a second one? We've never, uh, like, we've shared, for 18 years of my life, we had one bathroom in the house. There was not a single time there was an issue. Like, I didn't even know that could be an issue. And when I, you know, but now I live in a three bedroom, three bathroom house. I'm like, I like the space. I enjoy it. Like, it's very easy to get used to. But it's also, I also understand how extremely unnecessary that is because for 18 years, it was fine. I literally had no, like zero issues with this whatsoever. Um, so I think the, it's very easy to get used to new and fancy things. Like it's the same thing. If you buy a new iPhone, it's new and shiny for the first week. And then you're like, it's, it's a phone. It does the same thing that, that the last year's phone did, just with a bit yeah. of battery and, and it's a bit faster. So it's very easy to get used to new things. Like even with my car right now, like I truly like my car, but the excitement that I, I had for the first week after I bought it was like, oh my God, I have the best car. It's the best thing. And I'm like, I still think it's the best car in the market, but you know, it's a car that gets me places. It's, it's I'm not, you know, <laughs> I was clapping and seeing songs every time I'm inside of it because it's just, you know, it just gives me places. So I think being aware of that phenomenon of like, unless you keep buying new things all the time, there is no way that you be like, you can appreciate it the same way now that you will do it from a year from now and two years from now. So for me, you know, I just buy things that I know they will last me a while. I know I want, I know are going to be useful. Ideally, there will also be things you can sell at cost or for profit in the future. There's like the side product. If we can do also that, that's sweet and perfect. But, you know, I would say for now, I mean, I mean obviously, you know, I just, I just went to Ikea a few weeks ago, bought a bunch of stuff like a lamp with like the, some of the things uh, for this house. And I know that, you know, if the lamp cost me 10 bucks, it eliminates the room. It's fine. It's the same lamp I had for six, seven years now. I buy the exact same model every time I move because I know I can sell it for at cost or more if I need to move. It's a good lamp. It makes enough light. It's easy to use. Like I have no qualms about that. Now I, I could go and buy like a restoration hardware, you know, designer lamp, all this stuff. But like that's going to cost me fifty times more. I'm not kidding on those numbers. Uh, this lamp was ten bucks. It worked great. There's nothing wrong with it. I want that lamp for the rest of my life. It just does the job, right? Yeah. And it also gives me the freedom of like if I ever have to move, I can fit everything I own that has any reasonable value into the back of my car and drive away. And knowing that you can do that is extremely good, at least to me. Like it puts my mind at ease that if I ever wanted to explore the country, like I do like San Diego, I'm playing a thing here, but just in case I found, you know, that I guess Canada is the place I want to be at for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. 
I can pack my car, I can take a week long road trip and get there and be there and it's done. And this really helped me also when I was going from Virginia to San Diego as well. Of you know, I didn't have to hire movers, I didn't have to you know do all these things, all these steps, and ship my car and stay in a hotel and do all these extra things. If you had a lot of stuff that you would have to do, because there's no way that you can move. Like I was just like that. And now people you know who use trucks and sort of eighteen wheelers, multiple of them to move their houses. And I'm like, you know, I have a couple of things that will fit into a backpack and a, and a duffel bag, two suitcases, and we are good to go. <laughs> like yeah, it's all good. And, and the thing is, I think the crazy part is that there is no item or nothing, and so no object that I'm missing in my life right now. Like if, if I find out I'm missing a lamp, I'm going to Ikea and buy one. It's one afternoon and 10 bucks and I, and I got it, right? There is nothing else I'm like, oh, I really need this and that because I need to live my life. There's always things you can have nicer or more of, but realistically, you know, even with clothes, you can have a hundred pieces of clothing in your closet and you wear the same five things every week. Most people do. I called myself doing the same thing. Like there were still bags of things that I moved with to Chicago that I found mm-hmm. in Virginia after I moved a second time that haven't even opened yet. Oh and I was my. like, why do I keep all these things? Because yeah. I, I mean, it was stuff from grad school. It was some clothes and, you know, window clothes and, and, and stuff. I just haven't gone around using it the last two years. I'm like, well, chances are I haven't used it for two years. In San Diego, I'm not going to use it for another two years. Then what's the point of actually moving it? I can either sell it, donate it or throw it away. And I made, you know, three piles based on if it was worth something or not and just got rid of it and that also sort of helps you focus on you know if you only if you have 100 things and you only like five you have five percent of things that you like if you have 10 things and you like five of them you have half of the things are the things that you actually like so that's 50 percent. so overall like the average how much i like something i'm using is very high because i only use the things that i have through all of them now because i just moved here i'm very clear that things i haven't used for a while either I'm going to get sold or thrown away because mm-hmm. I don't have a very big room and I don't really need a big room for this. Um, it makes your life, at least to me, much more convenient, much more easy to, you know, take care of everything. And uh, yeah, it, it, it works really well. And also from, from a financial standpoint, it definitely frees up a lot of things in the budget. So it's a win-win-win, I think, on all three different fronts that I can think of. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, but I know we're running short on time, but a question I do like to ask at the end um, is if you met a stranger, what is one thing that you would tell them about personal finance? And and I'd, I'd like to change it up a little bit um, since since we're on a different a boat here. If you met a stranger who came to the U.S. Um, from abroad, what would you tell them about personal finance? Um, I think the one thing that I always was raised to believe was that credit cards are evil and never get one because my parents never had one. And that was something that, you know, you don't want to borrow money if you have your own, just don't buy things that you, you can't afford. Um, and that's obviously true. You shouldn't buy things you can't afford and pay off in, 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 well, immediately, especially on credit card. That's not a fair point. But, you know, understanding that if there are, if people are giving you free things and bonuses and stuff that it's actually real, that took me a while to figure out. I was genuinely scared of it. Like, oh, we'll give you 200 bucks back if you spend 500 bucks on this card. I thought it was a scam for like years mm. because like back home, that stuff will just not fly. There's just no way this is real. And in the US it is. So I think being able to just do your research and read the things and then, you know, get things in writing and then go for it. Start investing as early as you can is the, obviously the best advice I would give myself uh, five or six years ago because that would get me twice as far as I am right now in, into this journey. That would be really helpful. But, you know, just be, I would say, do your own research. Don't believe anything that's on the internet. But uh, there's a lot of good things that you can do in the US when it comes to money. And if you didn't write for just a couple of years, you can go home and retire. And I think just knowing that, you know, 
I could go home right now and retire in my current age and be set for the rest of my life. Um, it's very cool. I really enjoy knowing that. And obviously, I, I want to get a little bit more. And I'm, I, I do like my job right now. So I, I do want to make a little, a little bit more impact in the pharma space. So there's no rush for me to retire. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to retire because I'm getting old or because I'm getting sick or something of that sort. Like, I'm, I'm living a very happy life right now. But, you know, if you start early enough with this, uh, you can get to a point in your 30s when you can spend your parents' retirement with them, which is kind of a cool concept as well. Um, or, you, you know, there's a ton of options that will open up for you. And most people will never have that option in their lives and be able to capitalize on that and sort of make sure that you take advantage of it. If you play your cards right for five years and live like a student, which honestly is not that bad at all if you do it right, mm-hmm. uh, it can pay off tremendously in the long run. I, I love that. And, and that's what's so good, especially for those listening, is like, you might have not been able to start at 18 years old, like like the people who, who were born and brought up here, right? You only started two and a half years ago and you've already, yeah. Yeah, and you've already made such a big difference on your life to be able to now go back home um, to your country and, and live comfortably while also taking care of your family. I think that's, that's so inspiring. Um, and I, I really love that. Um, but do your own Thank research. You. Don't believe everything on the internet. And, and make sure you do your due diligence and ask questions. I love that. Thank you again for your time. And for those listening, if you do want to follow along on, on his journey, you can find him at PhD on Fire. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to follow today's guest, the link is in the show notes. If you haven't already, it'd be greatly appreciated if you can follow the podcast on the platform that you're listening on. Just a reminder that personal finance is personal, and it's not like the average Joel.